0: Okay, we're going to go to Exodus, we're going to look at six of the first plagues, um, and knock out six of them right quick tonight, and and look at them, um, we're going to be in uh, chapter 7, and move through here, I've spent a lot of time on some other things, we may not get all of them done, but we're going to try to. Uh, God speaks in verse 3, chapter 7. He says, um, he explains to Moses what he's about to do. He says, but I'll harden Pharaoh's heart that I may multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. His purpose for hardening Pharaoh's heart is so that the Egyptian people who believe in many gods and believe that humans are gods will come to know the true God. Uh, God doesn't harden people's heart just for because He wants to, but He has a purpose. And God's always trying to present Himself to a lost and dying world that they may come to know Him. But He's going ahead and telling Moses that Pharaoh's not going to listen to you. Uh, and and because of that, I'm going to lay my hand on Egypt and bring out my people. He said, I'm going to bring them out. Uh, They're his people, they're the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt. That's verse 4. But at the end of it, verse 5, the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand uh, on Egypt and bring out the sons of Israel from their midst. You've got 2020 vision. Did he do it? Okay, unless you want to be one of these idiots that think he didn't. Um, you just and I know y'all. Y'all, you're not idiots. You're super smart people, and you're people with a lot of faith, and you trust the word. And um, and, and I'm speaking about highly educated people that question. The word. I mean, good enough for Jesus to believe. I, I think maybe I ought to believe it too. All right, what was the first one? People always say Moses' staff. It wasn't Moses' staff, it was Aaron's staff. And Aaron threw his staff down, it became a serpent, and and that was the sign that that God had shown Moses with his staff up on Mount Sinai. But he told him because partly because Moses had wanted Aaron to be a spokesperson, so now Aaron is also working uh, a lot of the miraculous signs. So he puts his staff down; it becomes a, 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 a staff. I mean, it becomes a snake. And then Pharaoh calls to the sorcerers and then the Egyptian wise men. What do they do? You mean that black magic is real and they can make sticks turn into snakes? Folks, the reality is when, when you when you give your sell your soul to Satan you receive a lot of miraculous powers too you remember now satan is not a little red man in a pitchfork he is the th- one of the three highest what we call archangels therefore he is empowered with power from upon, uh, upon high and been given that power and is capable of doing mighty things also to try to imitate God and to deceive people and that's why you've got to be real careful about things, uh, especially magic. Um, in the world today there are magicians who do things out that are not sleight of hand. they're actually magic. And what empowers them? My thought is, it's self-proclaiming, it's self-lifting up, therefore, it's straight from the pits of hell. When God uses His miracles, He brings glory to Himself through individuals. When Satan does miracles, He's seeking to bring glory to the one that's doing it, so that that one will keep doing it because he's deceiving him. So it's real. It's a reality that that they're able to do that. But what did Aaron Sta- or snake do? He swallowed up those others. In other words even though this was a beginning of a sign, a simple sign to begin to reveal God's power, uh, Pharaoh was not impressed because his wise men and sorcerers were able to do the same thing. but Aaron's staff and if you look at these these every one of these plagues, it's a natural movement. God was working in a supernatural way in natural phenomenon. And, and we're going to see some of that. So that's the first one. Uh, they weren't very impressed. Uh, Pharaoh was hardened. The second one is, uh, waters turned to blood. Uh, Aaron uh, puts his staff in the Nile River and all of it turns to that. Pharaoh, able to come out and get his sorcerers, to do the same thing. Now, they didn't do it at the Nile because it had already been turned to blood. And all the fish began to die and the the tributaries and all the stuff backing up was uh, turning to blood. And what happened to the fish? Ah, uh, the fish died. Corey, if you'd quit pinching that baby, she'd be all right. Should have given her some pizza. That filled her up. Um, so, as the fish died, what normally happens when there's a lot of death, uh, in a, a water? You start having stinks and stuff, and, and, a lot of stuff's gonna start moving out, right? All right. So, we go from that, there again, the sorcerers are able to convert some water into blood and do that, uh, through black magic, uh, pharaoh's not impressed but then the third thing happened was the frogs began to move now god's seeing every one of them god's telling you what's going to happen before so even though it's a natural process god's telling them when and how and he's going to do it so don't take away from the miracle because i say it's a natural process but frogs breathe air, right? So if all these fish are dying and stuff like that in the Nile River, wouldn't it be a natural thing for the frogs to want to move out? But moving out when God tells them to move out is the supernatural part of it, and and guiding them to where they're going. They're going they're going to invade all of Egypt because most of it uh, the the Dwelling places were along the Nile River, so here all these frogs move out of the the Nile and begin to make uh, take up residence at your house and everywhere you got. Uh, I'm thinking frog leg suppers. What I got on my mind, uh, but uh, but anyway, there were so many of them they uh, began to to uh, struggle with that. Uh, chapter 8, he talks about, If you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite your whole territory with frogs, and I will swarm with frogs, which will come up and go into your house and into your bedroom and on your bed and anywhere. Oh, what's the Anybody know the lifespan of a frog from the time it lays the eggs to the tadpole stage and, and stuff? Any biologic, any biology majors and stuff. Probably somewhere around two months. What, what do you think, Mike? A couple months. When When we was kids, we used to get the tadpoles. and I, I'm thinking it's a couple months. So in other words, God was working before Moses ever got there because he, he made sure there was a good frog crop that year. Lots of them. So see, when God knows what he's going to do, he begins to work beforehand, knowing what was going to happen. Then he tells Moses, this is what's going to happen. Then they all come out. Mm. The Egyptian people didn't like it much. So, um, if we go on down, uh, verse 9, because Moses, Pharaoh wants the frogs gone, okay? Verse 9, The honor is yours to tell me when shall I entreat for you and your servants and your people that the frogs be destroyed from you and your houses, that they may be left only in the Nile. So God's telling Moses to tell Pharaoh to make the choice. All right. The natural phenomenon is the frogs move out, God's using that. But now look where he's shifted over. Now he's saying, Pharaoh, you you decide when. And God's gonna make that happen when you say. And so he says, I want it to be done tomorrow. And what happens? See he, he's taking Aaron and Moses out of this magical picture where the magicians are doing it. He said, Oh, right, now, Pharaoh, you make the choice. Because I'm going to show you that this is God. And this is not magic from us. This is God. He, God's changing the focus. Because in Pharaoh's mind, if my magicians can do this, you're nothing different than them. You're... Moses, you're just doing what any good sorcerer could do. But now Moses said, Pharaoh, you, you, you set the time. And what happened? They were gone and they died exactly when Pharaoh wanted them gone. When he set the time. So this is not a magical event from man. But it's straight from God. What happens after a bunch of frogs die? The natural intent stench, all kinds of insects, bugs. You know, uh, you, you know, it, it it smells pretty terrible when one animal gets run over on the road. It don't take long. It begins to get pretty right. Can you imagine frogs dying everywhere you look? What it would smell like? Yeah. And uh, so the next plague is the insects. But there again, God sets the time. And he goes to Pharaoh, tell Moses, go to Pharaoh, tell him, I'm going to have all kinds of insects come upon you if you don't let them go mm got rid of the frog. Right? This, this, this little deal is over with. And here come the insects. Verse 16. Say to Aaron, stretch out your staff, strike the dust of the earth, that it may become gnats through all the land of Egypt. Now, folks, in Egypt, all the pictures I've ever seen, there's lots of saying there. Now all of them gonna become bugs, and I don't know about you, but I despise gnats swarming around my head and everywhere you look. Went down there where Mike and Nancy was camping, and bugs were chewing them up. and Judy was all chewed up under her neck, and that. See, was you? Was it your? Back of your hood that was, or with Judy's. You Judy. took a picture of all kind of bugs. I'm thinking, boy, this is, this is terrible. But all these insects are now all over everybody. God's still trying to get him to wake up. And he finally begins to relent. And he says, uh, I'm going to let you, in verse 25, he said, go sacrifice to your God within the land. What had Moses been ad- asking for? How far did he want to go? Three days out. He wanted to get outside the borders of Egypt to do it. Pharaoh finally relents and said, go, but you got to stay within the land. Moses said, no, we got to go three days out because if we... Honor God and do what we're supposed to. Your people are going to take offense, and they're not going to like what's going on. This is trying to negotiate with God, folks. Let me tell you, that's a losing proposition. You don't negotiate with God. You don't have any bargaining power. God says this way it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. Going to be. Uh, so they try to deceive Pharaoh. tries you know, it's going against his grain. He's, in the eyes of the Egyptian, Pharaoh is God. And he believes he's God. And he believes whatever he wants, the gods would give him because he's kind of proud of himself. So he didn't let him go because he only wanted to let him go part way. Verse 27, Moses said, We must go three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he commands us. You see, Moses is not being fooled by making any deals either. He spent 80 years growing, and he spent just a few weeks and months now knowing God, but he's learned one thing. You stick to what God tells you to do. Because that's your faith. You don't you don't surrender, you don't make deals with the devil himself. Because I'm telling you, Pharaoh is a symbol of Satan. And the battle that's gonna come in the last days. That there is a process that we're going to go through and Satan's going to try him, be- try to do his best to make deals with God and to make deals with God's people to uh, back away. And he's going to give you legitimate excuses. And if you're going through the last three and a half years of tribulation, well, all this has happened Scripture is plain. You will be persecuted, but that's that's called a cleansing of His church, because you your faith is what's going to determine. Because Scripture also said, "Blessed is he that endures." If you go over to Revelation and see the those who endure the tribulation, and 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 we may go over there some Sunday, but talks about enduring. A person with just a little bit of faith and not knowing enough about who God is 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 someone who's very subject to swallowing a lie. Okay? Moses wouldn't do that. He he knew and he stuck to his guns just like we're going to have to stick to ours and be faithful. So you've got to know God is you've got to be have such a relationship with him that your certainty of what he's telling you to do is unquestionable and this is where a lot of people struggle and the only way I can tell you that you gain this is by each and every day rising up and doing everything God tells you to do. Because if you don't do it every day, you won't do it when it gets tough. You've you've got to so be in tune with God's Spirit and God's voice that it's recognizable as soon as you hear it. So that you're able to stand up because they come to you, and they tell you, if you don't take this number, you will neither buy nor sell. This was something I heard this week. Black Rock, or Black Blackwater, or Black Blackrock, one of the big investors, handles twice as much money as the R.S. So I don't know how much that is currency that's it it will be some kind of computer deal Uh, uh, folks now this is why i'm telling you why i think we're already in the tribulation when you when you look at the tribulation period that happens at three and a half years into the tribulation and now we're seeing it rise up throughout the world today in major financial groups are pressuring the U.S. and others to go this route. This younger generation right now, very few of them carry cash. They have already gotten so... How many of you in here... Don't raise your hand because somebody may be seeing How many of y'all do your banking business on your phone? Hmm? Quite a few of you. See, you're already being programmed to do it, and you're the older generation. What about these 20-year-olds? It's so easy. I can just do this and pay bills and all that. And it's a convenience. But what does it do? It begins to change the old mindset that whatever's convenient must be good. So the more convenient it is, the better it must be, uh, part of the problem is identity theft, right? That's a big deal, identity theft. your. Well, what better way to stop identity theft than saying, let's put a chip in your hand or your forehead that operates off you, and if you die or it taken out, it doesn't work. So why don't we do this with this digital currency, put that in there, and we've eliminated billions of dollars being stolen identity theft. Boy, wouldn't that be a good deal? Okay. See, it's being sold as a convenience and something there. It's not going to be this fearful number 666 that nobody wants. It's going to look and appear as something beautiful just like all these things we see here. And God's going to come back and bring that wrath upon it So you've got to listen to God every day so you can discern truth just like Moses did. He didn't sway. He didn't move. So anyway, we have the insects. Still wouldn't do it. Uh, Chapter 9, the cattle begin to die. And folks, this is getting serious. The cattle died. Can't explain it. But, you know, people's livelihood, their food source is being taken away from them. And you think the frogs stink. Thousands of head of cattle dying around. And, 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 and Egypt was not known for a lot of cattle, especially cows. So whatever they had, that was their milk. Uh, some of them were cattle used for labor to plow with they did a lot of oxen and things like that so now your cattle's dying you can't plow the field you're not getting your milk for your baby and you know so even if you take out the beef i don't know that they ate a lot of beef but their cattle was a, a stay for them a part of that. it's like you taking away your tractor and stuff i mean how do you farm when you're trying to farm to do all this? How do you, how do you get by? I mean, uh, you, you don't go to Walmart and buy a gallon of milk. You got it right there. So six of these plagues begin to move, and they progressively got a little worse, a little worse, and they begin to follow a natural tendency of moving up to the place where great death. All to try to bring... Pharaoh to a place of acknowledging God as the only God. And that's all really God was trying to do is make him understand who he's fighting against. The world today is not scared of G-O-D. Do you believe in God? Most of the world say yeah. Yeah, I believe I believe in a greater power. I believe in the man upstairs. I believe there's something out there. Yeah, I believe. I, you call him God, I call him this. No, I don't want you to tell me you believe in what you think is God. Do you believe in the God of the Bible? Do you believe that everything in, in Scripture is truth? Do you believe that he is has the power of, to protect you and take care of you and lead you and guide you. Do you know this God? Not do you believe in a God. Man, there's people say, well, this 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 here. I'm going to worship this this platform. Man made it. Look at this. This is going to be my idol. This day and time, it's just about enough people liable to do that. Look what we do to our, our, our sports people and our um, actors and I, I, boy, I'm a little, a little scary, I'm calling some of them actors and actresses, but TV people, fame and fortune. Do we not set them up as gods? People worship them, fall down, do whatever it takes. Line up for long periods of time just to go see somebody in concerts and little girls and boys want to imitate them? Because we're living in a fantasy world. And they can say, yeah, I believe in God. There's one, there's one, there's one. I I, I want to be like. I don't know. I'm still living in John Wayne, and I still watch all my old westerns and stuff like that, old war movies. I mean, if it most people I watch, it's a lie. But uh, our our kids can. They listen to their music. They listen to their teachings. They they follow them because all that must be good. They've got money. They've got fame. Everybody knows who they are. Look how happy they are on stage. Robin Williams was a, a, a great comedian in my day, and every time you saw him, he's making he's like me. He's was making jokes and laughing and all that. But what did he do? Committed suicide. Why didn't he commit suicide? Because he was unhappy. Made a living making other people laugh, but he couldn't make himself laugh. <coughs> he was miserable. So... Anything can be a God. God. So, you better know the one true God, the God of the Bible. In those six, the next four get a lot worse. And eventually, they let him go. But then he changes his mind, chases after him. But I believe in the last days, there's going to be some parallels to these very plagues that we're going to see played out in the book of Revelation. The excitement of the people, the the depressed when things don't happen. God's going to do great and mighty things to try to bring people to know who He really is. And when we look at a lot of things in Revelation, a lot of that's pointing to who He is to try to draw people to Him. And then after that, just the wrath of God come, Because at the end of the exodus, it, when they crossed the Red Sea, did, is that not when God just destroyed all of Egypt? He took out Pharaoh and his army, his chariots, his horses, and all the combatants he had with him. And to me, this second coming is going to be similar of what God doing. He's going to go through these these plagues and natural events to draw people to know Him. And it's going to get worse and worse. And there at the end, God's going to usher in that judgment where He finally just utterly destroys. Because there's going to be great death. We'll go over to the the, the, the second uh, bowl. Uh, in Revelation, there's great death re- unleashed in various things. Now the the first five or six are not they're bad but they're not that but at the end God just unleashes death but then it, after that Jesus comes back and he totally destroys. It's gonna be some parallels to how God acts and works, and I firmly believe that. Um, okay. Anyway. God bless you. Y'all have a great week. Let's fill the place up Sunday. It'll be a beautiful day. A week from Sunday is Mother's Day. We've got a couple of baptisms uh, coming up then and uh, we want to honor mothers and recognize it because, uh, you know, mothers do a lot. Have done a lot. I wish I could. Could hug mine one more time. Wished I could hear a voice. And stuff. But all I've got is a few old pictures. And. Um, a lot of memories. But. They're here and then they're gone. And that's always a hard time. And my kid's mother will be gone one day too. And stuff so. That's just a natural progression. All right. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for loving us, caring for us. Thank you for the people that are patient enough to listen to me. And I pray they grasp something from this and begin to understand that everything you do, Father, is drawing people to you and showing them who you are. You're going to glorify yourself even in these days, just like you did here. And we just want to be used by you, Father. But we need to grow our faith. We need to be attentive to your word and be busy about doing what you've called us to do. So prepare us for each and every day for your coming. So that we're ready, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.